Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie. The final one for the very short communist week we run here at this two-bit operation. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. We're going to get into the whatever you are tonight. Just a little heads up. Get yourself a drink and a snack. Could be a while. Gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper, your host. Hopefully for the next hour or so, we'll see how we go. We might go over. Who's to say? I don't know. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night. Hope you had a lovely day. I certainly have. And as usual, we've got plenty to get through. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to do the unbiased, the objective, the straight down the line, straight as an arrow. Nothing but the facts, nothing but the truth. God damn it. As we join the always objective and the always very fair and balanced Vice Media as they go undercover at a MAGA rally to see what makes these white supremacists tick. I mean, MAGA supporters tick. (laughs) So we're going to have a look at MAGA through the eyes of a Democrat. Thanks to the good people at Vice Media. Also got a couple of weird and wonderful stories from around the web. And uh, we're also going to do a bit of hero worship tonight as Donald Trump has declared himself a living God on earth, and it's about time. Donald Trump finally making it official, coming out and saying, I am the chosen one. He's now the chosen one. So it is on us now to fall at his feet, all people all around the world, not just Americans. But as he is the only living God that we can identify on earth, planet earth right now, then uh, it's on us to worship him, (laughs) to wash his feet. And to bring him wine and fish or something? Is that how it works? I think that's how it works. Or does he give us wine and fish? Not to, not to matter. Small details. <laughs> so we'll get into that as well. Uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to bring me wine and fishes, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Just got a couple of things I want to get into before we get to what a MAGA rally looks like through the eyes of a Democrat. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to alarm you, but uh, there has been a recent racial happening down here in Australia. Yes, racism is unfortunately alive and well. This was sent through by my good pal Greeno. NRL star Latrell Mitchell targeted by social media media social media slur. Uh, The NRL is the primary, the number one football league here on the Eastern Seaboard. Sydney Roosters star Latrell Mitchell was the target of a vile racist slur on social media and has called it out and asked for change in Australia. The NRL will investigate a a vile racist slur made against Sydney Roosters star Latrell Mitchell after the Kangaroos Centre called out the offender. Mitchell posted a screenshot on Sunday night of the racial remark made on Facebook where the offender claimed they would laugh if his neck was broken. The post in question, which Mitchell screenshotted and posted to his Instagram, saw him called a Philly black maggot. Mitchell responded in his post by writing, It's just a game of footy. There's no need for comments like this. Shit like this is disappointing. 2019 and nothing is changing. You see, social media, it's funny, like all of these professional football clubs, the professional sports clubs, they practically demand nowadays that the players get on social media because it builds um, interest and brand awareness for the club, right? Because the club likes the idea. The media people that work in sports love the idea of fans being able to get to their favourite players at all times, right? And interact with their favourite players makes them feel part of the club. It, Like I said, it grows brand awareness for the club and it, it it makes money, basically. Let's put it that way. It makes people money. It makes a lot of people money. But there's also a downside to it. 
They're in because you're not only exposed to the people who like you and like your club, but you're also exposed to the people who don't like you very much. And as we all know, sports for some people is life and death. I forget the quote, some former soccer coach in the United Kingdom or as a former player, I'm not sure. I'll probably butcher the quote too. Um, he said, people often say that uh, football is life and death, but they're wrong. It's much more serious than that. <laughs> so there's always a downside. So I feel for Latrell Mitchell having to put up with that kind of shit because I wouldn't, if I was a, you know, a football player or something like that, I wouldn't be on social media. I'd tell them, nah, go stick it. I don't care. I'm not putting up with that kind of crap. You just want to go play football and then, you know, enjoy your time off and not have to be surrounded by, you know, there's already people heckling you in the stands. You don't need them heckling you at home as well. You know what I mean? But the reason that I'm sharing this story is not necessarily because of what happened to this player. Brian Clough, was it? Thank you. UK Neil, yes. Brian Clo or Clough or however you want to pronounce it. Thanks for that, UK Neil. You win 5,000 internets, my friend. Well done. The reason I wanted to share this story is not because of the story itself, but this little video, a how-to or a how-to-not video that came along with the story. See, the good people at news.com.au, ladies and gentlemen, thought it would be appropriate to lecture, well, not lecture, to educate us on how to not be a racist. <laughs> in light of this scandal. So I thought that I would play it for you, seeing as a lot of you are probably Donald Trump supporters and therefore racist, of course, as we all know. So let's have a look here. Okay. Here's how to make sure you're not accidentally part of the problem. Let's go. Oh, come on now. Don't assume stereotypes like Asians are good at math or Indigenous people have drinking problems. You are not to assume that Asians are good at maths, okay? <laughs> now, that is just a vicious stereotype. Now, of course, you can point to statistics in education, for example, and education standards that get released every two or three years with all different countries. And it'll show where the various countries are in the list in terms of proficiency when it comes to various disciplines like mathematics. And don't don't assume just because like the Chinese and the Japanese and the Koreans are regularly topping out the top of the charts when it comes to things like mathematics. Don't assume that they're good at math. If anything, if you don't want to be a racist, you should assume that Asians are really bad at math. Never assume that Asians are good at maths, okay? So there's your first lesson. We all know what happens when you assume. <laughs> it makes us, you, me, okay? Be patient if someone's English isn't perfect. Okay, so if you don't want to be racist, you have to make sure that you're very patient when speaking with somebody whose English isn't particularly good, okay? Now, I'm somebody who is pretty patient with people, but it depends on the scenario. It depends on the context. You know, for example, if I'm calling up the bank and I'm trying to solve a banking issue, for example, and I'm speaking with somebody whose uh, command of the English language is perhaps, say, not best suited to the intricacies of the financial system, then I may get a little impatient. I may say at some point, look, I'm sure you're a lovely person, but can I actually be? Uh, can I actually speak to somebody who knows what a withdrawal is? I'm sorry, you have draw? No, 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 withdrawal. Withdrawal. You came with a draw. No, 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 no. I make withdrawal. Oh, you make withdrawal. Are you carpenter? No, no. <laughs> so yes, be patient, but uh, not to the point of just going along with it i think but you know if you got it, if you if you don't want to be racist then make sure that you never ever 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 complain about having to deal with somebody who whose english isn't perhaps what it should be for the particular profession that they're representing i hope you're taking notes i hope you're taking notes here I, this is really about education this is really about not being racist anymore because it's called How Not To Be Racist. So, of course, I assume that everybody watching this needs to know it. Everybody watching this is a racist. So this is about correcting it. At least they're trying to learn. Learning languages is hard. Yes, it is. 
Now, this is something that I didn't know was very race-specific. Don't touch another person's hair, no matter how different it is to yours. Now, Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Joe Biden, I think. Can we get this? Can we at Joe Biden on this video? Touching somebody's hair. Never, ever touch another person's hair. Never, ever. I've had I've had uh, women before, like when I shave my head really short. And you know that first couple of days after it grows back. I've had women before come up and go, oh, let me touch your head. <laughs> Feels funny. You know what I mean? And, you know, I never really thought about it before. But now that you mention it, I suppose they could have been Nazis. Who knew? All of this time, I thought it was, you know, somebody just wanted to touch somebody's hair because it felt prickly and funny or it's different. But all along, they were actually white supremacists who were oppressing me. I had no idea. But now I know. See, see, this thing has already paid for itself. So never touch another person's hair, no matter how different it is to yours. <laughs> Don't use racial slurs in any context. I, I'm what? Why the hell is this cracker telling me not to use racial slurs in any context? This old cracker. <laughs> if you if you mute out the words, then how am I supposed to know which words are taboo? If you censor out the words, then how are we supposed to learn? I mean, you've got the old angry white guy there in the flannelette shirt. He, he's unshaven. He's probably drunk. And he's yelling racial slurs. But if we don't know what racial slurs he is specifically referring to, how the hell am I supposed to not be racist? I mean, in terms of educational material, this is, this is lacking. Very much, ladies and gentlemen. These words were designed to denigrate a person's self-worth. Oh, don't stop there. Come on, don't stop the music. Don't stop believing. Let's go. Oh, I see. You want to be a prick about it. All right. Well, I'm going to have to reload you then. Because we've got to see the end of the video. We haven't learned how not to be racist yet. Okay. See, they say here, slurs are never funny or appropriate. Is that accurate? <laughs> Surely sometimes slurs are funny and appropriate. <laughs> Surely sometimes a slur is funny. Like, what if you don't take personal offense to the slur? Is, is calling somebody a funny name, is that ever appropriate? Ever? They say it's never funny. Never funny. Sometimes it must be funny. Come on. Sometimes it must be funny. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting called a drongo. <laughs> All I'm saying is don't kill comedy. Sometimes racial slurs, I imagine, can be funny. Let's not say never. Let's never, never say never, ladies and gentlemen. Acknowledge the equality gap for people of diverse backgrounds. Remember, this is, if you're called out for being, this is my favourite one, if you're called out for being a racism uh, racist, take that criticism on board. <laughs> so whatever, whatever happens, if somebody calls you a racist, do not argue the point. Do not deny it. Only a racist would deny their racism when somebody calls them a racist. So if you want to not be a racist, the best way to not be a racist is to not argue the point when somebody calls you a racist. <laughs> when somebody calls you out for being racist, you have to prove you're not a racist by not saying that you're not a racist. Are you following along at home? Just take the criticism on board. Getting defensive just makes the problem worse. <laughs> Are you right? Are you with me? Are you following along? So if you get called a racist, in order to prove that you're not a racist, you have to not say any... You have to agree that you're a racist to prove that you're not a racist. 
if you get defensive about being called a racist, then that just proves that you're more of a racist than we originally thought you were. It actually makes the problem worse. It makes the racism worse if you say that you're not a racist. <laughs> so are you a racist? <laughs> I don't see any problem with this at all. None whatsoever. So there you go. I hope you learned something from that, ladies and gentlemen. How not to be a racist from the good people of news.com.au. Uh, racial slurs are never funny. Okay. Don't assume stereotypes like Asians are good at maths, even if they are really good at maths. Even if we have statistical evidence proving the fact that certain Asian nations, namely China, Japan, Korea, excel when it comes to mathematics and the study of mathematics, even if we have that data on the books, you are never to say that Asians are actually good at maths. You're, you're to assume the opposite. They're terrible at maths. They're awful until they're proven otherwise. Here's the data. Don't do that. That's racist, man. Never assume. And most of all, if you do get called out for your racism, you are to take that criticism on board and never, ever get defensive about it. Never argue the point because that'll only prove what a racist you are. In order to prove to the world that you're not a racist, when somebody calls you a racist, you are to agree with them implicitly and not argue. <laughs> and math is racist, yes. Doing good racism is a skill I've worked on for years. This is disappointing for Pinochet. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So long to the racial slurs. We, it was fun while it lasted, guys, but now it's time to accept the fact that we're all racist and we better not argue. We better not, because that'll only prove how racist we are. Okay, before we get to our undercover at a MAGA rally, I wanted to show you this. I only watched the first 80 seconds of this clip, but that was enough. Uh, this is, I forget this woman's name on CNN. They all look the same to me. I'm oh, sorry, is that racist? <laughs> Damn crackers. Um, Trump calls himself the chosen one during erat erratic rant. <laughs> so she rattles off a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of issues that she has with Trump in the first 80 seconds, like, like machine gun news delivery. <laughs> It's utterly fantastic. Let's have a look. Breaking news. President Trump goes off on an extraordinary rant. Extraordinary at times rant. taking on a messianic tone after retweeting a notorious conspiracy theorist who suggested that he's loved like the second coming of God. The president <laughs> declared to reporters that he's, quote, the chosen one to take on China over. Ah, uh, ah, uh, build a wall. Yo, it's trade practices. He once again attacked Jewish Democrats and repeatedly slammed the media along with former President Obama. And using one of his choice insults for women, the uh, president called Denmark's prime minister nasty. Nasty girl. Using one of his choice insults for women. <laughs> he accused the Danish prime minister of being nasty. <laughs> But he can say that because you know why? He's the chosen one. You know, ordinarily, these kinds of insults and racial tensions being poked, these kinds of deliberate acts of unpresidential behavior, why, this would be cause for impeachment. But alas, Donald Trump is the chosen one. He has, it has, a great power of responsibility has been bestowed upon him almost like as though he was the second coming of Jesus. Let's just bow right now in the chat. <laughs> Everybody take a knee. The second coming. The chosen one. Oh, he's the chosen one, ladies and gentlemen. I am the chosen one. Recalling his interest in buying Greenland. Yeah. Absurd. The president. Hey, the chosen one. What the chosen one wants, the chosen one gets. Am I right? If Jesus came up to you and said, listen, I'm really interested in buying Greenland. <laughs> who are you to say otherwise? In fact, at this point, I think we can say that anybody who is against uh, President Donald Trump, since he is the chosen one, since he is the second coming of Jesus, anybody who is against Donald Trump at this point must be a Satanist. <laughs> How about that? And you like them apples? Eh? Anyone who votes for Donald Trump is racist, but anyone who votes against him is a demon. Zigzagged on guns and background Zigzag. checks. He flip-flopped on the economy, saying he's not looking at a tax cut a day after suggesting he was. I'll be speaking with Congressman Mike Quigley, who is on the...
Congressman Mike Quigley. <laughs> he he looks like a Quigley, doesn't he? Like if I was to if somebody said close your eyes and I want you I want you to imagine a man named Michael Quigley. This is the guy that I would picture. <laughs> this is a Quigley. <laughs> Definitely not a chosen one. <laughs> Intelligence committee and our correspondents and analysts have full coverage of the day's top stories. Let's begin with CNN chief White House correspondent Jim Acosta and Jim, the president seems to have anointed himself today. <laughs> He has anointed himself. Ah, oh, it's the chosen one. We've done Jim Acosta before. And they call him a reporter, but he's not really a reporter. He's an opinion guy. And I did a whole video on it. The the complete deconstruction of Jim Acosta. And you'll see it like in every sentence that he said. Every sentence is an opinion from Jim Acosta. He doesn't report anything. It's usually comments like, well, yes, it appeared like today that there was a cloud of confusion hanging over the White House. It's like, what do you mean appeared like? That's not reporting. That's an opinion, right? So you'll see you'll see evidence, further evidence of that in this short clip. Uh, that's certainly right, Brianna. The president sounded as though he had something <laughs> of a God complex at times today. <laughs> Well, yes, that's that's true, Brianna. The president sounded as though he had some kind of God complex. <laughs> Jim, Jim, don't touch me, Acosta. Declaring himself the chosen one and accepting chosen praise one. from an ally who dubbed Mr. Trump on Twitter as the second coming. The president <laughs> wasn't so charitable when he doubled down on how he feels Jewish Americans should vote against Democrats and describing the prime minister of Denmark as nasty for rejecting his advances <laughs> on Greenland. There were times when he's rejecting his advances on Greenland like he was courting her. <laughs> sounded messianic and sometimes just a mess. Taking his questionable rhetoric to new heights, President Trump talked about himself. Ladies and gentlemen, the chosen one walks. The chosen one walks. ...of Denmark as nasty for rejecting his advances on Greenland. There were times when he sounded messianic. And Tell you what, let's do this. Since he is the chosen one, since he is the second coming of Jesus, the second coming of Christ, the chosen one, ladies and gentlemen, he has been self-anointed now. Let's do this. Yeah, now we're talking. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the chosen one, Donald Trump. Sometimes just a mess. Taking his questionable rhetoric to new heights, President Trump talked about himself in biblical terms. At one point, looking to the sky, praised his handling of the economy as godlike. Somebody had to do it, so I'm taking on China. I'm taking on China on trade. And you know what? We're winning. The president stirred up more outrage, repeating his belief that Jewish Americans face a loyalty test in the upcoming election. If you vote for a Democrat, you're very very disloyal to Israel and to the Jewish people. After some Jewish American groups slammed that remark as anti-Semitic, the president accepted the support of conservative commentator and conspiracy theorist Wayne Allen Root, who portrayed Mr. Trump in messianic terms, tweeting, thank you to Wayne Allen Root for the very nice words. President Trump is the greatest president for Jews and for Israel in the history of the world. And the Jewish people in Israel love him like he's the king of Israel. He's the king of Israel. Like he's the, <laughs> the king of, of the God. Jews. I am Donald Trump. responsible for a lot of great things for Israel. One of them was moving the embassy to Jerusalem. Making Jerusalem the capital of Israel. Jerusalem Trump the capital. Once again, on the topic of Jesus Christ, checks, I am sources Jesus told Christ. CNN, he all but assured I am the chosen one. He was siding with the powerful gun lobby. Oh, I have an appetite for background checks. We're going to be doing it background takes so checks. Long, We're my working Lord. with Democrats. We're working with Republicans. Uh, we already have very strong background checks, but we're going to be filling in some of the loopholes we just talked about. Background checks. Wayne agreed. I don't need back. I don't need to conduct background checks. I'm Jesus Christ. I am the chosen one. I am the second coming of, of the Lord. 
I am my sweet Lord. Hallelujah. I don't need background checks. I already know what everybody's like. I already know the good people and the bad people. I see deep into your soul. I am the chosen one, ladies and gentlemen. These things have to be done also. The president got testy in defending his decision to scrap his upcoming trip to Denmark. The president got, the president got testy. You know why? Because he's a vengeful god. <laughs> it's not all just loving and forgiveness. He, the, the king of the Jews, Donald Trump, also knows that uh, sometimes he has to put his foot down. And sometimes, you know, uh, when faced with the horrors of the dark side, ladies and gentlemen, the chosen one sometimes needs to make a stand. Sometimes he's he's righteous, you see. He is the righteous chosen one, king of the Jews. So uh, sometimes, you know, he's it's not all uh, prayers and forgiveness and happiness and wine and bread and all of that shit. Uh, sometimes God, you know, he needs to put his foot down. After that, country's prime minister rejected Mr. Trump's expansionist designs on Greenland as absurd. I thought that the prime minister's statement that it was absurd, that was a, it was an absurd idea, was nasty. I thought it was an inappropriate statement. All she had to do is say, no, we wouldn't be interested. I mean, we do this so often, it's barely worth even mentioning. So straight away there, they play the clip that disproves their own argument, right? Jim Acosta, they said at the start of this clip, he called the he called the Prime Minister of Denmark nasty. But he clearly says then, her statement was nasty. Her statement was nasty. Now, I know a lot of people in the, in the corporate press have a very difficult time uh, disassociating themselves from their opinions and their statements and their personality and their being. But if somebody is criticising a statement that you make, it's your fault. It's kind of your fault if you think that they're criticizing you as a person. <laughs> like, are you really so wedded to your statements? Are your statements your identity? Is your opinion your identity? Like, if I say to my friend, man, that was a really stupid thing to say. He doesn't turn around to me and say, oh, my God, did you call me stupid? How could you? People that do do that, I just kind of rub my temples and go, oh. No, I didn't call you stupid. I called your statement stupid. However, I am starting to reconsider. <laughs> of course, he's the chosen one. So if the chosen one, if the king of the Jews, ladies and gentlemen, the chosen one, Donald Trump, the second coming of Christ, if he insults your statement, well, then maybe he is insulting you as a person. Let's be fair. I mean, the same rules don't apply to uh, the king, the chosen one, the God emperor, the second coming, the self-anointed guardian and protector of all things. <laughs> He's got a whole entirely different uh, subset of rules that apply to him. Don't say what an absurd idea that is. Because she's not talking to me. Excuse me. She's not talking to me. She's talking to the United States of America. You don't talk to the United States that way. At least under me. On a range of questions, Mr. Trump repeatedly pointed his finger at former President Barack Obama. See, someone in, the ch someone in the chat's like, Trump apologist here. <laughs> like announcing announcing to the audience. Hey, guys, guys, just in case you didn't know, I think this guy's a Trump apologist. <gasps> and then there was a, like a cavalcade of people in the chat rubbing their eyes going, what, what, who? Really? Are you kidding? Oh, my God, I had no idea. Thank you, random internet person. Thank you for letting everybody know. <laughs> no, that would be unfair. Not a Trump apologist, you know, just like a basic common sense logic apologist. I think that's a, that's a fairer thing to say. Because you see, I'm defending the fact that if you criticize somebody's statements, then you aren't criticizing them as a person. When that then, you know, transmorphs into, hey, this guy's a Trump apologist, then I know you're part of the problem. <laughs> You're the person I'm talking about. See, if that didn't make sense to you, then you're the guy. <laughs> you're the guy in the conversation. You know what I mean? You know the mythical person that takes offense to when somebody makes a silly statement and you say, hey, that's a silly statement. And you go, oh, my God, how could you attack me personally? That's you. Guys, guys, I think this guy's a Trump apologist. Did you know? I had no idea. How awful.
Obama. Under President Obama. Russia outsmarted President Obama. President Obama did that. Consider his defense of the Trump administration's new plan to detain migrant families for longer periods at the border. I am the one that kept the families together. I am the one. Okay, you remember that, right? I am the one. I, I am the chosen one. And now it gets even better. President Obama and others brought the families apart. But I'm the one that kept the families together. I'm the one but that kept them true. together. It was Mr. Trump who launched a policy of family separations. Still, the president insists he cares about migrant he children. He cares Let about all the children of the world. He's the chosen I have the one. children on my mind. It bothers me very greatly. Now, after all of that, President joked to a group of American veterans today that... There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, the chosen one. The chosen one, Donald Trump, King of the Jews. The second coming of Christ. How about that? <laughs> I'm the one who kept the families together. I keep all the people on earth together. With love and unity. I am the chosen one. All right. A Democrat went to a Trump rally to try to understand MAGA lovers. Because really part of the problem here, I think, is that the, the sides have gotten so polarized... And there are so many assumptions flying back and forth. Friends are no longer friends. Families are tearing, being torn apart at the seams. What was once, you know, a very professional, upstanding, ethical environment for politics, everybody got on super swimmingly. Now seems to be just like an endless war of all against all. It's bloodthirsty. It's cutthroat. It's dangerous. People are backstabbing. People are saying horrible things about everybody all the time. It needs to end somewhere. Hopefully, surely. Not even the chosen one can bring people together at this time. So the good people of Vice who are always very objective, always uh, very down the line, and always very fair to people on all sides of the political spectrum, uh, decided to send a Democrat voter to a Trump rally to see if he could figure out what makes the MAGA people tick. So let's have a look. It was taken away from us, but we should have. We did great in New Hampshire. We should have won New Hampshire, but that's okay. <laughs> President Donald Trump threw himself another rally on Thursday night in a state he nearly clinched in 2016. He threw himself another rally. <laughs> threw himself a party. See, if somebody says he threw himself a birthday party, you assume that he's the only one there. You know what I mean? This rally was not for the people who attended the rally. This rally was just for him. It, nobody was even there. These, All of these people have been photoshopped in after the fact. It was an empty room. It was canned laughter and canned audio noise and uh, CGI human beings in there. According to him, his Manchester, New Hampshire event even broke the venue's attendance record set by Sir Elton John. <laughs> Chosen one, chosen one, one, Elton John, nothing. This is Lucas Meyer, the 29-year-old president of the New Hampshire Young Democrats, okay. who is working to stop Trump from flipping the state. We invited him to the rally. Why did you agree to do this rally today? Mm. I agreed to do it today because... He's very red. One, I think it's instructive <laughs> to... And experience that. I mean, this is a really unique time in our country's history. You gotta give him a round of applause. Like, at least he's having a go. At least he's out there having a crack. So somewhere along the line, somewhere in the last 10 years or 15 years or whatever, uh, for some reason, people now believe that if you listen to something you disagree with, you must instantaneously agree with it. You know what I mean? Like, I've used this example before. Um, I watched a documentary about Flat Earth a month ago. I didn't go out and start burning globes. You know what I mean? I didn't start marching out going, Flat Earth, it's true, guys. Everybody, it's true. We need to do something right now. They've been lying to us. You know what I mean? I didn't do that. I didn't have to do that. I just watched it and, and then wiped the Cheeto dust from my fingers once it was done and then moved on. You know what I mean? It wasn't that big, big of a deal. But for some reason now, we assume that if you uh, watch something that you disagree with, that it's like you may as well agree with it. If you retweet something, it's because that's what you believe. 
if you watch something, that's because you believe it. Like you're allowed to go to things that you don't agree with and see what makes other people tick. You're allowed to do that. There's no problem with that. You should be allowed to do it anyway. Maybe I'll learn something new. Like I don't, I don't count on it. And part of it is I want to see it to like motivate myself for the next year and a half to see what sort of like rhetoric, what we're up against. It's always good whenever you're organizing to like to get remind yourself like why you're doing this and like what drives you to do it. And sometimes like confronting that hate is like the only way to do it. Yeah, this is not what Manchester looks like on a uh, average Thursday afternoon. This feels like a carnival. Meyer has gone to one other of these events, but that was as a protester. This time he wanted to try and understand why people support this president at all. We have Lucas here, who's a Democrat. Respect it. How would you convince someone like Lucas to vote for the president in 2020? What do you think he's doing right? Okay, let's go. Let's go to the blonde girl at the MAGA rally and see what she has to say. For some reason, you probably noticed that the Periscope uh, comments have stopped showing up in the chat box again. So I don't know why. I don't know why that happens. It's just happening lately. Okay, so my first question is, do you love America? Do you love America? Okay, because that's a huge problem on the left right now is that they don't love America. They hate Trump. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't helping. This isn't helping. Like, look at his face. Eh? Eh? I'm sure there are a lot of people on the left who do, like, hate America. But there's probably a whole shit ton of people on the left who don't hate America, right? So straight away, it's like, here's the thing. You're a MAGA person, right? And you like Donald Trump. And you hate the fact that they say that you're all white supremacists. And the re- and you you voice this uh, concern. You, vo- you voice the fact that you hate this by saying that all of them hate America. <laughs> See how these things perpetuate and snowball? Okay, so that's a big problem on the left right now is they all hate America. Uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Does hating Donald Trump mean that you hate America? To some people, that would be a true statement. To other people, they would say that's an absurd statement. What the hell are you talking about? Right? More than they love America. So I love my country more than just about anything in the world. And I would say that if you love our country, vote for Trump because he's doing everything he can to protect our nation. Okay. I don't want to sound sexist, but that's a very girl answer. (laughs) And look, she's so proud of herself. Like, boom, mic drop. (laughs) So (laughs) she's asked, like, give the best possible case for Donald Trump, right? Okay, well, first I would say is, do you you hate America? Do you love America? Uh, Yeah, good, because that's a big problem is a lot of people on the left hate America. So I would say if you love America, then you should vote for Donald Trump because everything he does is because he loves America. Boom. How are you going to come back from that? How are you going to come back from that brutal takedown, bro? How can you possibly argue against that, motherfucker? <laughs> you see how I owned this libtard snowflake there? Did you see that shit? Huh? Huh? It's like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's, this isn't the best possible case, if I'm being honest. Can we, like, unpack that, like, love for America? And, like, what, like, what does that mean to you? And what, what about what the president stop. has done? Like it. Well, it means, obviously, anointing President Donald Trump as the second coming of Jesus, the king of the Jews, and the chosen one. So if you're not on board with that, then you probably hate America, bro. It makes you think that he loves America. Sorry, he loves America because of his foreign policy, how what? he's treating, what? he's being hard on our borders, he's being hard on other countries that aren't disrespect- or that are disrespecting us and have been for decades. <laughs> he, he's so pro-America because he hates the other countries. It's like, you're just, okay, cut, cut. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to be honest. Okay, President Donald Trump loves America because of the way he's being hard on other countries. Whoa. Sh- 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 uh, Ixnay on the ard, hey. <laughs> You're trying to convince a Democrat, remember? You're not convincing somebody who already likes the guy. And that's why I love him. I want- <laughs> Don't forget the head shake, too. And that's why I love him. And if you don't love him, too, it's because you hate America. 
want everybody to be here. I want everybody to love our country as much as I do. I want everybody to be here. I want everybody to love our country. The reason that I love Donald Trump is because he's hard on the border and he's hard on the other country. <laughs> because being hard on other countries is definitely how you're going to make other countries love you more. <laughs> it's tough love. But again, he's the chosen one. I think Donald Trump has fundamentally changed our country in a number of ways. And I guess a question to you, you for think... For the better or for the worse? For the, for the worse. For the better, um, yeah. Has he done anything good? He has energized a lot of my friends to get off their ass and do something. So that's good. I've said the same thing. I've said the same thing. If you're a, if you're a left-wing uh, activist type then you always want everybody constantly talking about politics all the time. You want everybody to be involved, you know, because if you, they have a saying, if you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem, right? So the, even if you really, really hate Donald Trump, if you're a left-wing activist type, you have to really, really like the fact that he's president because now you and your activist friends actually have something to fucking get angry about, you know what I mean? Now you can mobilize people. Donald Trump is actually the best recruiter for left-wing activism that has ever existed. <laughs> Which has got to suck if you're an if you're a left-wing activist because now you know that Donald Trump is better at what you do than you are. And you don't even like him. Donald Trump is better at motivating the left-wing activists than the left-wing activists. That's another thing that you suck at. You suck at capitalism, you sucked at school, you suck at making friends. And now you suck at the thing that you identify as. Because Donald Trump is doing it far better. Donald Trump is creating jobs even unintentionally. He didn't find much common ground, not even with someone who once voted blue. I'm a registered Democrat. And I... See the big eye roll there? <laughs> Whoa! I am a registered Democrat, and then the big, exaggerated, sort of snooty eye roll to the other person. <laughs> Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Seems we've got ourselves a Democrat here, man. Well, well, well. Watch I'm her. a registered Democrat. Watch <laughs> That's not passive aggressive at all. I, Is that a surprise? I'm not in New Hampshire. Um, I've been watching since 2016. I've been watching because I was a Bernie girl. Thanks, Rosalia. Very special. cool. And I, I followed that whole process, and I watched what the Democratic Party did to him, what the Democratic National Committee did to him, and I. Ducks Regis says in the chat. That's the "Do we kill her?" eye roll was disgusting and I will never vote for another Democrat so long as the party continues down that path. Does she have a point? No. Uh, about 2016 and how Bernie was treated by the party? Here in New Hampshire, I mean, I, we're in a state where Bernie won handedly, right? right? Handedly. So I, I personally do not see that there were institutional hurdles thrown in his campaign. <laughs> I personally don't see it, therefore it didn't exist. See, here in this state, Bernie won this state very easily. Therefore, there was no problem. <laughs> see, right here in my own backyard, right at the end of my nose, I witnessed that Bernie Sanders won handsomely. So that means that there couldn't have possibly have been any kind of corruption or hurdles or anything uh, untoward going on with the campaign on the DNC side at all, the nation over. Not at all. Couldn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. Didn't happen. Not a problem. So no, I'm going to have to reject your premise, young lady. You registered Democrat voting for Trump, you. <laughs> this Remember, this guy is obviously a very well-informed, high-information voter. He knows everything that's going on. He's the president of the Young Democrats in New Hampshire, ladies and gentlemen. He knows his stuff. He's across all the news. He knows the inside play, uh, baseball better than anyone. He knows what's going on. He knows that Bernie wasn't robbed. He knows that there was no corruption. He knows that uh, Hillary Clinton didn't agree to fund the DNC in exchange for being made the nominee and having... It, uh, supreme specific control over all of the dnc finances he knows that didn't happen he knows that's all just fake news 
I think Hillary Clinton pretty fairly won that race. Fairly, very um, fairly. Are you of the, of the uh, opinion that she won the popular vote? I am. I think I think that's a fact. I don't think that's an opinion. I think that's a fact that she won the. No, you disagree. She didn't. I, I disagree, but okay. When the time came, thousands of super fans stood outside the venue to catch super a glimpse fans. of 45 on the jumbotron. Your devotion and your drive, we are going to keep on working, we are going to keep on fighting, and we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. That was one of his long... Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen, the chosen one, the second coming of Christ, the king of the Jews. His speeches that I've ever heard. How are you feeling now? Awful. Awful. Terrible. Terrible. Do you think he's an effective messenger yeah. for his campaign? Yeah. It's easy to message when you lie. He is very... <laughs> no shit. No shit, my Democrat comrade. <laughs> it's easy to message when you lie. It's easy to message when you lie. Uh, that's that's why politicians are politicians, bro. Remember hope and change? <laughs> Remember the hope and change? Remember that? Yeah. Yup, yup, yup. Yeah, it's very easy to message when you lie. That's for, that's for damn sure. Very insightful. Savvy about how to lay out his argument in that mm. anything he says that will be fact-checked and be proven to be totally fucking bullshit. Yeah, fucking bullshit, bro. Right after, but the fake news will tell you otherwise. Ah. Uh. That feels like fascism to me. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, I knew it, it had to come at some point. It feels like fascism to me. That's really what matters, the feels. I mean, if it feels like fascism, it's just as close to being fascist. It may as well be fascism. It feels like fascism. <laughs> What does fascism feel like? Does it feel like a a newly uh, a newly fitted custom black jacket and black boots and a brown shirt? Is that what fascism feels like? Does it feel like a glass of cognac in Paris in 1941? Is that what it feels like? I'm not sure. Somebody needs to tell me what fascism feels like. That feels really dangerous to me. Dangerous. And we saw it in those what seemed like very civil conversations. Oh. We were talking right past each other. Yeah. Right? Because they were operating under a whole different other set of facts yep. than what I was operating under. Right. Did you learn any... It's therefore, they must be fascists. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were talking right past each other. You know, you saw you saw how dangerous this thing is in the little conversations that we had, the pleasant conversations I had out here on the street with these with these people who were smiling and talking very openly and being very friendly in the sunshine. I mean, you think about it, how dangerous was that? How fascist was that, bro? Cuz we were talking we were talking right past each other, right? So it felt like fascism from where I'm standing. Thing at all from speaking with the Trump supporters before the rally? I learned that we have to work our asses off if we're going to beat them. Because mm. cause the level of... Fascism. I don't know what the word is. Fascism. I I, the only fascism. Fascism is the word that you're looking for. The only thing that comes to mind is indoctrination. Yeah. They're going to be people who... Indoctrination, fascism. Who are really, really bought in and have no connection to what's actually happening in the world. None whatsoever. And to overcome that's going to take a lot of work. Yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So what what we what we gleam from this very insightful, very objective, very down the line little to and fro with the MAGA people is that uh, we're going to have to work our asses off in 2020 because the reality is that these people are fascists. They're all smiling, all happy, all friendly fascists who have no connection to what's going on in the real world at all. They have no understanding what's happening in the real world at all. They're fascists. So we're going to have to work really hard to beat them because they have no connection to the outside world at all. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. I knew we'd get something out of that. 
Moving on, Dragon Lady spends 61,000 pounds on body modification to become a genderless reptile. <laughs> Let's get back to the real world. Tiamat Legion Medusa has spent around at least 61,000 pounds on cosmetic surgery and body modification. But we're not talking about your average obsession with boob jobs or tummy tucks. Tiamat has spent her money on castration, ear removal and tongue splitting all to become a genderless reptile. Isn't she a picture? Isn't she lovely? There are still many procedures to go, as Tiamat plans to have a penis removal along with further tattoos. People think that modified people, especially those who go to great extremes to look something like in a sci-fi film, are losers and dumb as dirt, says Tiamat. In my past life as a man, I was a banking vice president at one of the nation's largest financial institutions. <laughs> I want people to know that modified people are just as intelligent, kind, loving, and good as anyone else. Just because I had my ears removed does not mean my brain just rolled out and that I'm a blithering idiot. No, you're very—you're obviously a very well put together, very smart individual, a very level-headed individual. I mean, there's nothing—there's nothing outrageous about um, you know castrating yourself, getting tattoos of scales all over your face, getting implants into your skull, having your nose removed and your tongue split in half to look like a reptile. I mean, it's perfectly normal behavior. Uh, when I was five years old, I was being physically and verbally abused by my stepfather. Oh, that's a surprise. I was eventually abandoned by my parents in the middle of the woods at night, deep in the heart of Texas. Yeah, they actually wrote, deep in the heart of South Texas. Stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. The reptile's right, cut off my dick, deep in the heart of Texas, where the western diamondback rattlesnakes abounds. It was then when my human parents shoved me out of the car to leave me there like unwanted trash that I adopted the venomous rattler as my parents. She was raised by rattlesnakes. Uh, he, wait, genderless. So uh, they, they were raised by rattlesnakes? I want to use the appropriate pronouns here. Oh, lovely. Lovely look. They left me and uh, two of my other three siblings close enough to the family farm so that my maternal grandparents would find us. My grandfather, sadly, would continue to uh, abuse me verbally, emotionally and physically, all because my grandfather hated my father and since I was named after my father and the spitting image of him. Not anymore, you're not. <laughs> Solve that problem. Well done. I could not tell anyone, Tiamat. I would secretly put on a towel, I put a towel on my head, and pretend to be Sher, who was, who was, and is one of my greatest inspirations. Now it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense because I can see a lot of Sher here. I can see a lot of Sher in this. Can't you? Do you believe in love after love? I was the fifth person in the world to get horns on their cranium. And at the time, the modern day body modification movement was just in its inception. Getting them was what set the wheels in motion for what has become the greatest journey of my life, my reptilian metamorphosis. Tiamat evolved into a woman, then a human dragon, and currently goes by the name of Dragon Lady. The transformation has involved 18 horn implants, the removal of both ears, partial nose removal and reshaping, inspired by Voldemort, yeah, that's true. There you go. Harry Potter fashion, ladies and gentlemen. Making its way into the mainstream. The removal of 32 teeth, the sharpening of six teeth to points, staining the whites of the eyes green and splitting Tiamat's tongue into a forked shape. Tiamat has also had nine chin scarifications, five lines branded into the wrist and chest, and nine piercings, including a Prince Albert. Reactions to Tiamat's appearance have been mixed. And there's Tiamat meeting with the most famous dragon lady on planet Earth, Caitlyn Jenner. Isn't that a wonderful... Aren't they a lovely sight? They make a very cute couple. Couple of dragon ladies. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> Citation. Naked man at shopping centre shakes penis at woman. 
A disturbing story out of Bowling Green this afternoon. A man is behind bars accused of second degree indecent exposure second and degree. second degree disorderly conduct. Just a warning, details may be disturbing to some audiences. Okay. A woman first reported to police that a man was naked at Sugar Maple Square and making his genitals shake, and then he walked into a laundromat nude. When <laughs> so he was just doing a wash. He was just doing a wash. So his clothes were in the laundromat and he was air drying his genitals. This is I'm sure this is all very innocent. It's very innocent. I love the fact that um you know this this is a crime, but if only there were colored balloons and streamers around, then it would be perfectly acceptable. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shaking your genitals around in public is only a crime if you're not being overly festive at the time. If you're not celebrating something at the time, if you're celebrating something, then it's not a crime. It's empowerment. But if you're just doing it on your own, uh, then you are one of the kind of people that we don't want roaming the streets. And I also love the fact that it's Winky News. W-N-K-Y. Winky News. Police made contact with 55-year-old Daryl Morgan. He said he didn't know why he took off his clothes, according to his arrest citation. Morgan also told police he has sexual thoughts involving children. Uh, oh. Numerous people were at the shopping center during the incident. Why, why would you tell police that? <laughs> why, would you, why would you volunteer that information to your arresting officer? Okay, I've changed my tune. Lock him up. He's a fucking idiot. Lock him up. Chip will cure obesity by zapping people's brains when they think about food. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Revolutionary microchip has already been tested on mice. Great. Let's put them in the brain then. You might think the last thing fat people need is more chips, but a special chip that discourages people from thinking about food is about to go on trial. Six people who have been classified as morbidly obese people have agreed to test a new device that will be implanted in their brains and deliver a tiny electric shock when they think about eating. It's basically an internal shock collar. It's funny, like, we have never... Is this progress? Is this really progress? We have never had so much information and so much knowledge at our fingertips, but it, it feels like we have never been so stupid at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, is it, are we really... Do we have to resort to this level now at this time? Okay, look, there's far too many fat people. We've tried everything. We've tried dieting. We've tried exercise. We've tried... Uh, taping their stomachs. We've tried the whole lot. I guess we're going to have to progress to implanting a, a microchip in their brain to give them an electric shock when they think about food. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Dr. Mengele, please, I'm sure we have a few more steps before we can get to that. No! Nine! Insert the brain chip now! Insert the chips now! We are running out of time! That's fucking horrifying. The microchip, which was originally developed to help people who suffer from epilepsy, is called a responsive neurostimulation system. It was programmed to monitor the early signs of a seizure and emit a tiny electrical stimulus which would prevent a full epileptic fit. Now scientists at Stanford University in California aim to reprogram the device to detect the brain activity that occurs before a person starts binge eating. So if we can program it for that, I guess we can program it for everything else, right? So what's what else? What other uh, behaviors do we need to uh, program out of people? Think about it. Hey, are you are you thinking? Are you thinking about that girl? Why, you know, thinking about girls these days is pretty much rape. <laughs> ah, damn it! When you think about food, you get a zap. When you think about sex, you get a zap. When you think about cigarettes or alcohol, you should get a zap as well. I mean, basically, if you think about anything except the patriarchy, you should get a zap. We want you just sitting in, a, you know, laying in the fetal position, rocking back and forward, just thinking about oppression and equality. And if you're not thinking about oppression and equality, we'll zap your ass back into line, comrade. This sounds like a tremendous idea. I couldn't agree with me more on this. 
To be eligible for the study, test subjects must have a body mass index of over 45 and have not lost weight from gastric bypass surgery or cognitive behavioral therapy. These are patients who are essentially dying of their obesity. The chip has already been successfully tested on mice. The device was implanted uh, in a brain area clued. <laughs> I don't know what that says. Nucleus acumens, which is closely associated with eating. Neuropace, the company that was first invented, which first invented the device for epilepsy, is now said to be keenly interested in developing its potential into the potentially far longer obesity treatment market. Because it's a market. <laughs> Give me in the chat. Now you've reminded me of your fart rape show. Uh, okay, let's do this. World famous since we're since we're inserting microchips. World famous porn star found living in squalor in tunnels under Las Vegas. Let's have a look. Were you successful as a porn actress? Oh yeah, too a little too successful maybe. I actually got very famous. Um. If I, I should still be top 100 on some, you know, some list somewhere. <laughs> really? Yeah. I She's got those holes in her teeth from the meth. This is a great video. This is a great video to show uh, young girls who are thinking about uh, entering the world of the, you know, pornography and stuff. <laughs> you don't always end up like Stormy Daniels getting interviewed by Anderson Cooper. You don't always get to stay famous into your early 40s doing cabaret shows for uh, moderately drunken middle-aged men in unknown bars in California. Like, not everybody ends up at such great heights, you know. Sometimes uh, you end up in the catacombs underneath Las Vegas. It used to be so hot. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, but I'm happy, you know. I've, I have everything I need here. Do you think you can ever get out of here um you know uh, uh, yes but why do you like it here <laughs> i kind of i do i do <laughs> who needs the money who needs the fame i mean who needs who needs the expensive cars and the expensive clothes and the handbags and the getting paid you know five thousand dollars a day to do shoots and you know who needs the sex and the drugs and the alcohols and the party i'm actually really happy now i'm happy where i am well done <laughs> well done well there's always positives right there's always positives at least now you don't have to have sex for money so that's good that's good i guess there you go <laughs> <laughs> Nick in the chat says, yeah, everyone thinks they used to be so hot. She's uh, There's a picture of her. There she is back in the day, Jenny Lee, the same person. There you go. There's Jenny then. Jenny back then, full head of hair, all of her teeth. And there's Jenny now. Oh, dear. Well, who needs teeth, exactly? Who needs teeth? Teeth are overrated. Uh, men hit on naked woman depicted in a 19th century painting after it's shared on Facebook. Steph, I'm looking in your direction. Stefan Sears, arguably the thirstiest of my followers. Uh, I think this must have been you. Men hit on a naked woman depicted in a 19th century painting after an image of the artwork was shared on Facebook. British freelance journalist Kitty Wenham came across the picture of William Adolphe's uh, Bougereau. Bougereau? Uh, 1875 painting after the bath on the World Paintings Facebook group and spotted the amorous messages left in the comments section of the 2017 post. I kiss your full body, one posted. Another wrote, hello, sexy dear friend, how are you? <laughs> Kitty said Twitter wild when she shared a screenshot of the comments on Monday. There's the young lady. Open bobs. Open bobs, you old wench. Kitty tweeted the hilarious picture and her post went viral, garnering over 180,000 likes. She wrote, men hitting on a painting. The neoclassical painting depicts a young nude woman balancing on a rock after bathing in nearby waters. I love you. Uh, hello, sexy dear friend. How are you? I kiss your full body. Beautiful girlfriend. How are you? I like you. I love you. I feel you. <laughs> and all day and all night. Every day, everything you. I need you. Please come, come Bangladesh. I receive you. I will receive you in Bangladesh. 
She pretty though. What's her at though? <laughs> it would never work between the two of us. You're 25 years old and I'm 140. Unlike these men, I hit on paintings in person at art galleries because I'm not a coward. <laughs> there you go. Thirsty men, Steph, I'm looking in your direction. Obviously you. I didn't know you moved to Bangladesh, so well done, son. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button in your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to hit on my 18th century paintings, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Uh, don't forget to follow our friends at real person PLTCS and Chris Mack at Chris MC 44. Uh, why censored Kimmy in the chat tomorrow night at 11 PM for my favorite things. Have a good show, Kimbo. I'll be back on Sunday night with Trust and Verify at TAV Show. Until then, guys, have a great day. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us. Stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.